eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Enquirer publisher here with you. Illinois basketball coach Brad Underwood and his staff seem set up to potentially make their biggest splash in recruiting in the class of 2021. Led by previous big-time recruiting wins, Io DeSumo and Kofi Coburn, the Illini had their best season in almost a decade and a half last year, going 21-10 and overall and 13-7 and in the Big Ten before the pandemic kept them from making their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2013. A month later, Illinois wrapped up a top 15 recruiting class led by top 50 guards Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo. The Illini even got its earliest commit of the Brad Underwood era in April with top 100 wing Luke Goody out of Indiana giving a verbal pledge in the class of 2021. He was one of many priority 2021 targets who had visited Illinois in the weeks prior to the shutdown. Since then, however, Illinois has had a string of misses that leaves them with still just one commit in a class that theoretically can further establish the Illini as long-term Big Ten contenders. More confoundingly, the Illini haven't lost these targets to college basketball powerhouses. Top 70 wing Brandon Weston chose Seton Hall. Top 100 wing David Jones picked DePaul. Top 75 guard Jordan Nesbitt chose Memphis. And on Sunday, top 70 guard Ty Ty Washington committed to Creighton over Illinois. So what has gone wrong so far in the class of 2021 for Illinois? And how do they rebound to make sure the program doesn't fall back down after DeSumo and Coburn leave the program? Illini Enquirer lead basketball reporter Derek Piper joins us next to discuss that on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. So Derek Piper, this is a results-based business, and this Illinois basketball staff certainly had a string of great results on the recruiting trail from 2017 to 2019. Uh, we could say Iowa DeSumo, Kofi Coburn, Andre Corbello, Adam Miller, all top 50 prospects. Then you add in Andres Felice, Georgie Bashanashvili, Alan Griffin. That's a pretty dang good run uh, for any program, but especially one that hasn't had much success recently. Uh, and that's putting it lightly, uh, like Illinois. And, and you and I both, Derek, thought uh, Luke Goody getting a commitment early from him was a sign that this staff could maybe even amplify those results in this class of 2021. But that hasn't come to fruition. Uh, so before we delve into the why, how surprised are you that this has happened and, and how concerning is it? Yeah, it is certainly, you know, mildly surprising. I think that, um, you know, when you go back to the spring, we talked about it a lot, just the opportunity that was on the table. The fact that in 2021 or in 2020, you had gotten your work done fairly early by having Andre Corbello, Coleman Hawkins signed in November, had Adam Miller on the board and committed and uh, just kind of had to wait his process out and make sure he signed. But that really allowed the staff to transition to 2021 and target a handful of who they thought were priority recruits who were pretty gettable. And given the circumstances of how the dominoes fell, you got those guys on campus for visits. I've said it before, they had five top 100 players in town for their final two home games. And it had been a while since we'd even seen the, you know, the ability, whether it be with recruits that were within proximity or just calendars lining up or obviously having games that were attractive enough to have recruits want to come. Uh, that was a very big opportunity to, you know, have Luke Goody, Brandon Weston, David Jones, Jordan Nesbitt, Mackie Tien, all, all in the building for sold out crowds and big wins. Mm -hmm. And when COVID shut things down, as far as in-person recruiting, it seemed to be an advantage for Illinois. And they thought they were ahead of the curve. They thought that there were times where for their wing targets that they probably led for after getting Goody, they had, three more big ones on the board and thought maybe they led for two of them for a good chunk of the spring or into the summer and uh, to not end up with the three that we've talked about a lot in Weston Jones and Nesbitt uh, to get back into the Bryce Hopkins deal and feel good for a while as far as what you're selling. Uh, you're going up against Kentucky, but how much did he want him? They want him at one point where they slow playing him. That doesn't work out. And, and then Ty Ty Washington, it kind of seemed like, Illinois could flip the switch where, you know, DePaul comes in on David Jones. They come in late. They get him in, you know, nine days. They offered him, and nine days later he's committed. That's that's a, that's just its own kind of crazy deal. But Jordan Nesbitt, Memphis offered in August when you were in there since the spring. They were the last one of the party of the big three recruiting him in Illinois slew in Memphis, and Memphis ends up getting him. Well, with Ty Ty, he had – cut his list over the summer. He was down to eight or 10 schools. Uh, Creighton, where he obviously ends up, was recruiting him back in March, but Illinois offered early September, got him on campus, him and his family for the self-guided campus tour late October. That was his last impression as far as seeing a place. And they paid out of pocket to come from Phoenix to Champaign after already seeing Creighton. Uh, they knew about Arizona State or, or those other programs that recruited him. And it it seemed like you get the final visit, uh, felt pretty good, pretty good about it and done a good job with him, uh, but not able to close. So 
uh, sitting here with Luke Goody, as, as we talked about, I think it's a, a nice program piece, as you like to say, a four-year guy that uh, in that top 100 range that, that you like to get. And it's from a state that you haven't had a whole lot of success, but for him to be the only one, and I know that we spent a lot of time talking, it, this staff has earned the trust of adding pieces late and all that. This is a little bit of a different class, though, I, I would say that, and that uh, a lot of players are off the board in the early signing period, a lot of them committed during the shutdown when there was no AAU. And um, so their recruiting board has really thinned out. There's still some, some big swings like a Mac ETN, like a West Carter junior, who's now a very big priority in terms of finding another ball handler. Uh, but I, I think that those who would say, Oh, it's fine. They'll still find a lot of talent. I, I think they can. And I think the transfer market's going to probably be a big part of that, but um, disappointing for sure. Wondering why you're on this this long drought. I, I understand people who are frustrated and looking for answers. Absolutely, because we've seen you know some good programs that that they recruit well, and then all of a sudden don't recruit as well and start to fall off. And Maryland could be one of those teams this year. While you see a team like Michigan State, who consistently gets the, these top fifty guys, and and you see where their program is at. So I, I think there's definitely uh, some concern, though. You got to feel good about what you've built so far. And, and Derek, sometimes you, you mentioned it with, with David Jones. Some of these things sometimes recruiting just doesn't break your way, and Illinois fans should know that. But sometimes there's reasons behind it, and sometimes there's not. So while this is a results-based business, I want to get in today just more about the process and more about, hey, is this a reason uh, why it hasn't worked out, rather than just saying you got to close and, and keeping it simplistic. So let's talk about that process uh, and some potential reasons why this class hasn't been what we thought uh, so far. First, Illinois had a really good year last year. It's best in a long time. But they didn't get to play on the biggest stage, the NCAA tournament, right? So recruits, that's when they really notice programs. And while they're they're watching college basketball, they're not watching college basketball as Illinois basketball as much as the Illinois basketball fan. So you didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament due to the pandemic, didn't get that bright light stage. How big of a deal do you think that was in recruiting? And, and is that a legit reason that recruiting hasn't gone as well as they thought in this class? I think it'd be fair to to try to make that argument. I think there's obviously additional program momentum or just that benefit, like you said, of playing on the biggest stage in college basketball. And if Illinois were to march to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight, could they have been uh, a possible Final Four team if they got hot and you know the matchups worked out? I, I think you could, you could say that. They believe that. Uh, would that have given you that extra ump for maybe – someone that you led for or that you were in a really good position for said, you know what, I, I saw it and I'm, I want to play for that team. I, I think that that's part of it. Now, again, going back to – and it's different like in terms of regular season games, beating Indiana and Iowa at home. But like I said, you had guys in that building watching it, so it's not like they were they were blind to what you mm-hmm. did throughout the season. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think that – it matters more, obviously, in the NCAA tournament, and that's something. Could a program you're recruiting against still throw it back at Illinois and say, well, you know, they still haven't been to the tournament since 2013? They, they could. I don't know that that's the biggest reason. I, I just think that, that, it, that it makes sense to sit there and say, yeah, uh, some extra moments to, to add on to what you built and, and really to reap the benefits of, 
a turnaround throughout, you know, in the middle of that season to get into the top four of the Big Ten. And there was a lot of people, you know, you and I in particular as well, just thought that team could have went deep in the Big Ten tournament. They won it. They could have gone to the NCAA tournament and been a pretty, pretty dangerous squad and had an opportunity to get hot. They were peaking at the right time. So uh, that plays into it. We, we've seen a lot of teams who make runs in the, in the dance, then they're, they're recruiting flips or they really get that momentum. I know even on the transfer market, like yeah. Chris Beard, when he, when he marches the national title game, all of a sudden he's getting three of the top 10 transfers available. Uh, could Illinois have done something similar to that? We'll have to sit here and, and wonder, but right. yeah, I, I think it's, it's a reasonable reason that maybe some things you didn't have maybe the same momentum that you would have if you did have that opportunity. Yeah, I think it's hard to gauge this factor, Derek, because they got Andre Curbelo and Adam Miller before last season, coming off an 18-loss season. They got Kofi right. Coburn after they lost to, which team was it, out of Florida, Ford Atlantic? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> he was at that game, that loss, we're sitting there going, what is happening? They were 4-13, and 13, I believe, at the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird how that could happen, but I do think – it didn't help them, certainly. Um, another right. pandemic-related topic, the lack of visits. We, we mentioned they got a bunch of these guys on campus in March for those big-time games that they uh, were able to win. Uh, but many of these guys waited to make decisions later in the process. Maybe you didn't get that follow-up visit, Derek, to kind of close it down and, and go to the uh, House of Pancakes and <laughs> close this thing down. Um, how much do you think the lack of visits and being able to host High Tide Washington for the whole official visit where you could have them in your program, taking them around, how much do you think that impacted? I think in general, as we talked about, Illinois was in a better position than a lot of programs in terms of they had already had those players on campus. David Jones was not only there for the Indiana game, he had spent, you know, three straight days on Illinois' campus for the NCAA Academy the, the summer prior. So he was very, very familiar with the campus. And even told me in the interview at the end of the Indiana game, he's like, I, I feel like I'm already part of the family. I, I know, you know, I know this place very, very well. I'm very familiar with the staff. Uh, Nesbitt had been on campus, uh, Brandon Weston a handful of times. So they actually were in better position with some of those guys than Nesbitt who commits to Memphis had never been there. Jones commits to DePaul had never been there. So I, I think <laughs> a lot that, of yeah, fans got to be there. sitting there going, what the heck, man? <laughs> I know. Cause I that, don't think this is a part. good reason, right? This, this is not a good reason. Cause I felt like you actually played this really well. I think the process was good here. Um, and that for whatever reason, um, you know, these other teams weren't able to host visits either. And for whatever reason, it didn't help Illinois. Right, exactly. Now, could we look just at the Tai Tai Washington recruitment and say, maybe the last visit didn't mean as much when you're not getting the face-to-face because you ne- have never had that. Mm-hmm. You know, Brad Underwood and Tai Tai Washington never been in the same in the same room together. So I, instead of, you know, having that whole – connection with the team and with with brad that was that was something that was taken away now to be fair he didn't have that at creighton but it is a little bit different when you're sitting there and instead of having a dinner underwood's house you're texting and saying hey half off cheese curds on saturday nights if you guys want to check that out it's seven saints or whatever it may be you know it's a little bit different but yeah bottom line is this can't be used as an excuse because you actually were you had things stacked up in a in a positive way versus some other programs who didn't get to have their their recruits on campus. 
All right, Derek, this one is probably more of a positive for Illinois if you really look at it, but selling playing time in a starring role was much tougher for Illinois, right? Is it than it was for Io DeSumo or Andre Corbello or Kofi Coburn um, or Adam Miller. Most of those guys basically step in as a top six player on the team, likely starters. Um, but this is especially true at guard and wing with Curbelo and Miller here uh, for at least a couple of years with Miller and, and probably four years with Curbelo. How much of a factor has that been, especially with the guard wing guys that we're talking about? I think it has played some of a role. And like you said, there's going to be that trade-off where would you trade getting, you know, two other guys in this class for having a top 10 preseason team and, and going you know, into a season with all the expectations and all the, the potential there, you would take the, the known commodity and, and the, the season that you're about to have, or do you think you're about to have uh, over, you know, landing a couple of those guys, but it definitely, I know in the Ty Ty Washington recruitment, it was something that was very prevalent in the, the recruiting pitch for Creighton, as far as more, a clear path to immediate opportunity. The fact that at Illinois, you do have to pair up with Curbelo and Miller, who top 50 gets, going to be established sophomores. Could they bring back Trent Frazier? Could they bring back Demonte? Uh, if Austin Hutcherson, who you've heard Brad, you could pull quotes from Brad and show it to Ty Ty about what kind of player Brad thinks Hutcherson's going to be when he's healthy, and he's going to be there for at least another year. Really, if you're not counting this year eligibility-wise for anybody, you could be here two more years. Uh, so obviously Illinois with the, what they built up with their backcourt um, and, and because of just the COVID circumstances of the eligibility ruling and all of that, yeah, Illinois was in a position where had to sell coming in and competing. And I, I know with Ty Ty, they said that, Hey, we play our guards. They absolutely do. They, they've played multiple ball handlers. They aren't afraid to play freshmen. I came in and played as a freshman. I think Adam Miller's going to come in and start as a freshman. So they had some of that, but there were ways where you could poke some holes into maybe or just look at Creighton or look at a different place, even Nesbitt with Memphis. I think that you could even make that argument that, you know, Nesbitt and Adam Miller maybe are somewhat similar as bigger guards who are going to have can do some really good things with the ball in their hands. Maybe Memphis presents more of a more of a ideal situation for him to be the guy. Uh, I think that Illinois did have to fight that, and they do have to fight that going forward. But again, good problem to have as far as what you have on the court right now. Derek, then there's this Illini recruiting pitch and maybe the approach they put, right, which I think most people are looking into is why aren't they able to close? Um, one of the things in the past we've heard directly from recruits on the record is that Brad Underwood maybe wasn't as involved enough uh, in the day-to-day recruitments as much as other head coaches are. Uh, most famously with EJ Liddell saying, I'm still getting to know him late in the process. And then later we heard it from Bryce Hopkins and his father. Um, do you think that's been a factor outside of Hopkins? The, the guard guys that we're talking about, uh, do you feel like Underwood – uh, has done well in this class, or, or does he need to be more involved? I'm not sure that outside of the ones that we really know of, like you said, obviously, famously, E.J. Liddell continuously saying, building a relationship with Brad, and it had been how long, and you just like, that. something's off there, something's not right. Mm-hmm. Bryce Hopkins, his dad was very um, clear and vocal in that Illinois has done a better job recruiting us this time, or we feel like we have more of a relationship now with Brad this time. And that hurt Illinois for sure. And in terms of setting things up 
the second time around. I know that people would sit there and say, well, he, he still ended up going to Louisville. Kentucky maybe still comes in the second time. And even if Brad was involved, does he still go to Kentucky? I could, I could see that. I think a lot of people could see that. Um, outside of that, I don't know that I can point to, you know, David Jones or Jordan Nesbitt, you know, any, any of those guys and say, well, that's the reason you know, Brad's lack of involvement didn't get on over the hump. I know that that's just big picture has been prevalent with Brad. And I think he's gotten better about it. I think he did a very good job with Adam Miller and, and with Andre Curbelo and really as it materializes into, okay, this is a, a top target for us and we're in a closing window or we're in a stretch where we got to really, you know, put, make a push. I think Brad does a, does a good job and does what he needs to do. But uh, I think as you look at his entire tenure here so far, which look, they've recruited really, really well. That hasn't <laughs> recruiting hasn't necessarily as a whole been, been an issue, but um, that's something that he's had to continuously learn or continuously get pushed to do more. And that's just, that's kind of his style. He's, he's an older old school guy as far as his approach there. And um, yeah, uh, but it falls back on the head coach as far as results. And um, we know it with Hopkins and we know it with Liddell. And those are two top players from your state who aren't, aren't with you. And that that's, that's tough. So Derek, I wanted to do this exercise because most fans just want results, right? And justifiably are concerned about this uh, cycle's lack of results. Um, but I'm struggling to find like the simplistic smoking gun here, right? Like that's like, this is the reason they're not getting it done. And, um, you know, that's recruiting and the staff has to figure that stuff out. Right. So, um, recruiting can be weird. Uh, but what do you think the staff is feeling that, that it needs to adjust? Or do you think they feel good about their process and that these just didn't work out the way they hoped? I think that they feel good, obviously, about where they're at as a program and the fact that no matter how many times they get told no, that they they have a lot to sell. And just given the more opportunities in this class, a few more, at least as far as we know, there's going to be – there always are some late bloomers. We'll see how many there are as far as which states are actually playing high school basketball, who are you playing against, and, and how much are you buying into um, you know, a huge senior season. Uh, but then also because of the transfer market, the one-time transfer rule, and I think Illinois, and we, we've talked about this being set up where if you have a big season, you have some needs, you just at that point you'll have some more clarity on is Trent back, is DeMonte back, assuming, you know, I mean, you're probably going to know Isle's gone. Is is Kofi going to follow through on probably being gone as well? There's going to be some more clarity there as far as, um, you know, what you need and what the roster situation looks like. Uh, and also selling further on program momentum, on-court success. Uh, but I agree with you. It's, it is hard, and that's what a lot of people want, is let's just point to, let's point to the, the glaring thing that, that's wrong, let's fix it, and, and let's, let's turn this thing around. But, yeah, and I've always liked to look at each recruitment, and there, you can find some trends, like we just said with Underwood and Hopkins and Liddell. You can find some of that, but each situation is a little bit different. I, I would say that maybe – Having the right read on recruitments is one is one thing that people would look at. Another is feeling good. They're always feeling, feeling good. Feeling good. That's that's the that's the hashtag right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe pushing and holding. You know, pushing versus holding in the lead. I, I, something that I look back on when you think about the wings. There's no doubt in my mind, and I, I think you talk to people that know 
Jordan Nesbitt was the guy that they wanted to pair with Luke Goody. Once they had Luke Goody on the board, Jordan Nesbitt, they were going to really try to do everything they could to get him and wait it out as far as, as Nesbitt making that decision. David Jones, I think they were in the lead right, you know, right after that Indiana visit. Did they just hold there and say, hey, we got the great relationship. Uh, we can feel like we can get him whenever we want him. Uh, was there something Illinois could have done to push and make sure that that was a done deal? Say, hey, you know, we love Nesbitt, but he maybe isn't ready to decide. We take a David Jones as a top 100 big-time scorer mm-hmm. and pair him with Goody and, and move along our way versus kind of keeping him there, saying, you know, good vibes in the lead, but DePaul just shows up and, and closes it down. So yeah. uh, that might be one thing that you look at as far as being aggressive, holding out for certain guys. And I know this is going to sound a lot like, you know, John Groshi in here, but <laughs> that that's just one theory that I'd have. But, yeah, right reads, pushing at the right time. Yeah. Um, but And then also, like you said, Recruiting still recruiting. Where Jordan Nesbitt says, "I was going to go to Illinois and then got a call from a golf course." You just, you just got you're on the wrong end of some weird recruiting and and some teenagers making some decisions. Yeah, and, and DePaul just hiring the right AD, right? An AD, yeah. not even a coach, an athletic director who, who can kind of change uh, with David Jones there. Um, so Derek, obviously you've mentioned who's next. I mean, Mac Etienne's been the guy we've talked about for what more than a year. Uh, as the key of this this class, because if you get him to pair with Goody and and add transfer A, transfer B, uh, I think you feel really good about the talent you have coming in because he can help replace uh, Kofi Coburn. Won't do it all himself, and he's a different player, but that's your biggest need in this class. But uh, I, I think I don't know how many guys there are that can rise up late in this process, or whether they can really be an ultimate factor with Wes Cardet, but. I think the transfer portal is going to determine a lot about how we feel about the 2021-22 roster. And that includes two guys on the roster, Grandison and Hutcherson, right? Like how those guys perform will be key for Illinois maintaining momentum after DeSumo leaves and likely after Coburn leaves. Uh, But also, who can you add in that process? Can you actually add a guy who can be a starter for you and and add a guy who's who's a big-time player? And that's stuff we won't know until – April, right? Um, May. Um, so Illini fans are going to have a lot longer here to, to fret about this class. Yeah, I think they will. Even for Mac Etienne. And, and look, we're going to really have some clarity on, on putting a grade on this class. I don't think, I think it's fairly incomplete. You can say it's disappointing. You could, you know, say it's, it's below a C right now, as far as where you would have hoped to be mm-hmm. um, at this early signing period. But Incomplete until Mac Etienne makes his decision. We're probably still two, two and a half months away from that as long as his timeline has stayed the same throughout. It's looking like late January, January, early February. I know he tweeted out today that a list is coming soon. Most expect right now Illinois and Miami to be duking it out at the top. Um, but we'll see what that list includes. Is Kansas on there? Is Kentucky on there? Is it another 12-team list? You're just kind of like, okay, we, we got a ways to go here. But, uh, yeah, West Carter Jr., who uh, Orlando Antigua has good relationships with his coach and, and a lot of familiarity there. I think they have a great blueprint in Io and coming in and being a big guard, the size combo guard that can fit in. Uh, but Alabama's worked that one pretty hard and, and for a while. So that's probably going to be one that's going to be tough to beat. And then, of course, He's playing on the grind session just like Ty Ty Washington. If he goes crazy, which I think he's played well so far, 
more players, more shooters who come in. Um, but like you said, transfers, the ones you have, the ones you could possibly get in the spring, what's Trent Frazier going to do, what's DeMonte Williams going to do. And I, I would say here that anybody that's going to play conspiracy and say, well, Ty Ty Washington goes to Creighton, that must mean Trent and DeMonte are coming back. I, I, I It's way too early for that. And I don't think anybody knows that. I don't think the players even know that. So uh, you, you'll have to wait till after the season for – for situations to to be more clear. And I think there are going to be, as Brad said, there's going to be a lot of opportunities on the transfer market. I think Illinois, if they have a really good season, could have a lot to sell. And um, But, yeah, uh, you're always going to have in the back of your mind missed opportunity, not capitalizing on momentum. Illinois fans are so scarred from that Bruce Weber stretch where yep. you saw the on-court and he didn't take advantage. And uh, they're going to worry about that until they're, they're given reasons not to. But I, I understand the – the concern and the fret right now. I will say, I don't think Bruce ever had, you know, I think Jeremy and Myers were the two that like you could have built around. Right. Um, and, and that's what Curbelo and Miller are, but that, those guys you feel good about. I mean, Richmond leaving after a year, Myers did turn into an NBA lottery pick, but that was like the last time you had two guys, um, that I think you can build around for the foreseeable future. And, and maybe Adam's a, a two-and-done kind of guy. Uh, but that, that does give you, and I'm not saying, oh, just be happy, because, guys, people were preemptively tweeting that at me, Derek. Just don't tell me just to be happy with Miller and Curbelo. Well, you, that, that's a pretty good spot to start with. Um, and, and as you said, there's some other good pieces on this roster. But, yeah, to, to stay atop the Big Ten, and we, we see that the Big Ten only gets better in recruiting, whether it's Juwan Howard getting five stars or Fred Hoiberg getting five stars. Uh, Michigan State recruiting as well as it probably ever, ever has under Izzo. Um, you have to keep it up, and, and that's why there's the fretting there is now. Yep, you said it right there. I, I do think that when you look at next year's roster, assuming that you're not going to play victim to some, some guys leaving and transferring on their own, um, you don't need a ton to still be a pretty competitive basketball team. Um, I, I know that the five spot, you know, answering the Kofi, void that if, if he were to leave but could still bring back some really really good pieces obviously you have your headliners and and Curbelo and Miller like you said you still get another year of Grandison Hutcherson we'll see what he is if he's if he's going to be able to to stay healthy but Georgie for another year you assume and yeah you, you've, you've got pieces there it's just continuing to build it continue to be that top one of the top programs in the Big Ten you gotta you gotta hit on some of these recruitments and not have this one be a hole in what's been, you know, answered class after class after class, stacking classes and, and finding impact players in each one of those. This one can't be a miss if you want to continue to trend like you're hoping. Derek, I'm getting asked questions a lot about the future of the Illinois football program, but uh, I don't envy you and your mentions and in, in inbox now either of saying like, why is this not happening? So uh, Godspeed, Derek Piper. I appreciate it. We'll just let Brian Snow take all the heat. You know, he's, he's, He's an easy villain on the on the message board right now. So, but he's a, he's, he's he's a willing villain himself. He's not afraid to be that. And I, I like that. I appreciate that about him. We need it. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's got to play a role in this. But yeah, I understand. I understand the uh, the angst and the. Uh, there, there's going to be going to be more opportunities. We'll yeah. see. Let's just play some games. We're not that far away. Yeah, enjoy this team while you got it. Right, and we can fret about recruiting in in April and. And whenever ETN decides, uh, let's enjoy a season as a season gets underway and hopefully uh, continues to go underway. And Derek, 
I don't know if we'll be allowed there, but uh, NCAA tournament all in Indianapolis. I'm all for it. Easy drive for us. Sounds great. Sounds great. My heart was broken a little bit over the weekend. I heard no outside media at Duke, and I, I cried a little bit. But, um, yeah, NCAA tournament, I'll, I'll take as many tests as you want. And, yeah, that's not a far drive for us. We'll, we'll make it happen. Well, Derek, you will be covering a basketball game in nine days, and maybe you'll be covering a top ten matchup between Illinois and Baylor just a few hours away. So um, it's almost here, man. It's, it's almost – I know you've been waiting – Eight months, <laughs> eight months, but it's almost here. Oh, uh, it's coming. It's all going to be good. It's going to be good. Thank you, Derek. Anytime. This, this recruiting process has been very different than any, any we've seen, uh, just simply because a lot of kids have not been on campus. And, uh, you know, some are, are, are trying to wait that process out and go into the spring. Uh, I, I do. I do know that there's some kids we've been on involved with for for a few years uh, that are going to go in the spring, um, and and that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we're actively involved. I, obviously, with the uh, uh, you know decision of IO to come back, and now you pair that with uh, with with what could be Trent leaving. Um, obviously, there's there's stuff down the road with with what happens if those kids come back. Um, we'll deal with that at a, at a later time, but obviously, you, you know, we'd like to, uh, you know, find a, a primary ball handler, um, and, uh, and see what that looks like. But, uh, uh, but yeah, we're going to continue to, uh, to, to, to prod and, and look all over the country and all over the world for those guys. That was Illini coach Brad Underwood last week after Luke Goody signed. Still a lot of work left to do in the class of 2021, more than Illinois expected to do after the early signing period comes to an end this week. Thank you to Derek Piper for his insight and for the latest on Illinois basketball and recruiting. Check out IlliniInquire.com for Derek Piper's latest stuff. I'll have some basketball content coming up as well. As always, appreciate you listening to the podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.